welcome to Backstage at Brick. We are back in the podcast studio with the next Brick Lab artist. My name is BJ Evans. I am your host. And we have the team from Double Yoke Moon in the podcast studio today. Woo-woo. This is a woohoo! It's a work in progress showing that will be uh, next week, March 14th and 15th at 7 p.m. As always, we are super excited about this. Tickets are only $8 on our website, brickartsmedia.org. And they're all here today, and they're just going to introduce themselves very quickly. Who do we have in the studio with us today? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm Sophia. I am one of the creator performers of the work. And I'm Bex, also a creator performer. I'm May Ann, and I'm the director dramaturg. Hello, welcome. Thank you all for being here Thanks in uh, the podcast studio at Brick. It's our first time. Mm-hmm. In the podcast studio? And talking into microphones with headsets, I Ooh. think. I've been here before once. What? But it was live on a, on a radio. And you were on the talking? Yeah, I was talking. Wow. That was a little How does it feel to An be on old mic? hand. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that thing where you, if you record yourself and you hear your voice later, totally. it's a little discomforting? Do you feel that right now? It's like, it's it's like I hear myself, but I'm speaking at the same time. It's kind of odd. Mm, yeah. It's well, fun. Crash course. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> uh, again, we're so excited that you're here, Sophia, Bex, and Mayan. And, um, you know, the listeners, they know nothing about the project. They know nothing about Double Yolk Moon. The great thing about Brick Lab is that it is so unexpected, and um, all of the projects are so different, and they're made so differently, and, and the themes are also different. And so no one in ha- ever has any idea what it is that's going to be in there. So I want you all to tell me a little bit about what is in there. But I want to flag real quick on your bio. So we get bios from the artists all the time. Your bio, actually, it's a... It's a joint bio, it looks like. And it, the first sentence is, Bex Kwan and Sophia Mack are not the same person. And that is a very unique way to start a bio. And mm-hmm. I have to ask, like, there's got to be something there. What is going on with this bio? Tell me about that first sentence. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I, I see, yeah. <laughs> well, we might be the same person. Yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> um, when we... I first met Sophia when we moved into the same house at the same time. We lived in like a big cooperative house of like 21 people. And I was told that someone named Sophia had moved in. um, And I ran into them for the first time in the kitchen, long dining room table. Sophia has their back turned and is like browsing a shelf of food. I'm in grad school. I'm in my red hoodie that I'm wearing all the time. Oh, and I'm just like hoodie. looking for snacks because I've just been studying all day. And I'm like, hey. And and Sophia turns around. We introduce ourselves. And we like do the awkward, like, what are you, what are you up to? Whatever. Sophia's like, I'm a performance artist. <laughs> Not like that. Wow. Exactly. Not like that. <laughs> I'm a performance artist. And I was like, <laughs> Did oh. Did you have a long cigarette? I was like, oh, what what kind of performance art? And it was like, oh, I make art about like my Chinese-ness. Oh, it was like big words. It was like intergenerational trauma. Gender. Race, gender. Identity <sighs> intertwined with my history of the ancestry. Yes. And, and I was like, a long cigarette in your hand, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> when you're telling me the story. And I'm it like, oh, I had one. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then began our um, uh, my attempt to be your friend. 
Oh, you remember that? <laughs> so sweet. It's funny to know that now because I didn't know that you were trying or I didn't like. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Um, and we have since we have since processed that that time together. Um, but yeah, it was just a funny thing because we had already been living in the house for some time, maybe like a couple months or a few months, hadn't really spoken to one another yet, yet there were other housemates in the house who would mistake us for one another. Right. Would call me Sophia. And me Bex. And I was like, I don't even know like this person. Can can we just back up for one second? So you lived in a house with so many people yes. that that there were people that you hadn't met yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not met, but like we didn't spend a lot of time together. Okay. Right. Like okay. it was sort of, I could go a week without seeing Sophia mm -hmm. and that would be pretty normal mm -hmm. because it's a big house. I see. Yeah. Can I ask how many people or is that like? 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. 21. Now we live with nine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Together. Mm -hmm. And and people in the house would genuinely call you by the other person's name, both of you. Genuinely. Right. Wow. Yeah. Which is just, the thing is, the thing about that is just, it's not an uncommon experience for us. and Totally. Yeah. I've been called so many other names of like someone who was like vaguely East Asian looking with short hair. And so, yeah. And uh, I, Mayan, I see you nodding your head. <laughs> same. Same. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, Mayan and I could be sitting in the same room, and somebody would, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was like, Sophia, <laughs> hey, it's been so long. <laughs> and y'all seem really nonchalant about this, about this, the fact that this happens. Does this affect you? It feels like that that would be like, a, yeah, I'm just wondering how that affects you, because you do seem to like take it in stride. Hmm. Hmm. Is there a choice to not take it in stride? I think there's <laughs> like a way where um, uh, the acknowledgement of it and then that became the kind of the catalyst and where we began to make work together mm. around like funny that this happens and also what are the darker shades when we when we like acknowledge the humor and then think, wow, this is actually a slightly terrifying also absurd and also a violent thing that occurs mm -hmm. um, that's just marked by this casual, like, oh, hey, Sophia, thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Just a simple statement. Um, and, and it also had us thinking, like, how, how do we, as in this case, Asian Americans, Chinese in, or Chinese in America, um, create an intimacy with one another if we were all the same people, right? Like, how are we different? How can we even understand and uh, learn about each other's nuances and dimensions if we are all flattened to be the same people? So what are the things that end up happening when that is reflected back to us, that we look at one another and we're at once looking at each other being like, oh, we maybe we are, maybe we do share something, yet no, 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 no. I'm repelled by that idea because I am my own person, right? And so what happens um, in trying to build community or share intimacy or build relationships when that is something that is sort of mapped onto us, projected onto us? Right. And like the political history of, um, of why Asian people, specifically East Asian people, were seen as the same in order to um, diminish their power, in order to um, uh, cast them as like a certain character of um, if they're all the same, then they are all smart and they're all obedient. And um, 
and to make them pit them against other folks of color, especially black people. And so like when we when we think about that in the show, we're not just saying like, haha, isn't it funny that we kind of we don't look alike, but people mistake us for each other. But also, what does that reflect about like the situation in the country for our community? Mm. And so is that uh, how you started working together? Did did you take that thing that was happening and and channel it into work together like tell me about that because you met in the house you're like oh you're the person everyone mistakes me for but then how did you become collaborators because that's a that's a big jump you said vex that you kept trying to be their friend and but now you're making work together yeah. that had to that happened somewhere <laughs> you were like oh, oh it took, work. um <laughs> we did emerge together yes shout out to emerge nyc at the hemispheric institute of yes performance and politics i hope i got that right yes <laughs> yeah so we happened to um take that program together we were participants of that program and um, we had the opportunity to make a public work um and we really had no idea what we were going to do we were like what does it mean to do a performance out on the streets of new york um and there were a lot of things that we were grappling with and and finally, it was like, all right, Bex, I know, I know you, I know you, right? I make some things, you make some things, right? And so, I came from like a a place where most of my work involved words, like I I toured and did poetry, spoken word, and I <laughs> I was all about no words. I was like all about the the silent monologue, um, wow. and at that time, I was making a lot of performance art, which I still do. Um, and it seemed to be an opportunity where we both could make something together and kind of, and in this case, I think I got Bex into my world. No words. Yeah, no words zone. The um, no words one. Yeah. yeah, we did a no words piece. Yeah, and so we were just like, let's just walk a New York City block towards one another, starting on opposite ends, and take 30 minutes to walk that block. And normally at like a, at a, quote-unquote average pace it takes about three minutes to walk a street block maybe um, maybe less maybe less so we took 30 minutes um we, we were dressed alike we dressed alike and so you leaned into it we leaned into it leaned all the way and then we decided we would do one action or th maybe there were three one of those actions was eating a banana another was checking our phones and I guess that was it, just yeah. walking very slowly. That was our first piece together mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And was it with simultaneity? Like you yeah. came towards each other eating? And then we had a passing by moment. And then went to the opposite side? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then later that year, I was really happy, by the way, that Sophia agreed to perform with me because I was like, hey, Sophia, like, you need a buddy for this performance. <laughs> 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 um, and then we applied for or the Bax Upstart program, shout out to Bax, who's been like one of here. our artistic homes in the past two years. They um, had their applications open and I was like, hey, Sophia, like, what if we just apply to this thing together? And that was the start of this current process together involving overhead projectors, involving this like visual landscape, audio landscape. And we've sort of built that vocabulary together um, and then invited our friend May Ann in to join us as like an, uh, a, a third, a third, a third eye, set of eyes, <laughs> a third set of eyes. May Ann, the third eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now here we are. 
So you applied to Bax for this project or the an assemblance of seed, it? Seed, yeah. Okay, cool. Had you, and you had never done that before. It was a new seed, a new idea. The newest of seeds. The newest of seeds. Okay. Mm. And how did the, so I want to, I want to touch on the overhead projectors because you mentioned that you use those and I have seen some of your works in progress and, um, and obviously like very taken in by your work and delighted by it. And I have always, um, I don't even know the right word for it, but I've been, been intrigued by, delighted by, impressed by how you use overhead projectors, and it feels very old school, feels very analog. Mm. Um, talk to me about how those came into the piece and your use of those. And how did it come in? We I had not, know. we definitely didn't come into the Bax Upstart program saying, we want to use overhead projectors. We are experts yeah. in shadow puppetry. Which is even more interesting that no, you no. came upon it later. Right. So strange. I think we were just making a list of like things we wanted to try together. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things. Somehow. Probably. And yeah. then we started to like just get a bunch. Um, yeah. And it, and it seemed to, as we were exploring, I think we just got one. We were like, let's just play with this. Let's just start cutting up paper. Let's just start um, experimenting. And... I think there was something that opened up when we did that. We noticed that while we are certainly not skilled masters at shadow puppetry by <laughs> any means, I feel like we really, we use like very, I don't know. Rudimentary. Rudimentary, like yeah. the most analog of analogs, like of puppetry. Um, but it really lent itself well to creating um, this dreamlike environment for our, for the stories that we were telling um, and it, it just kind of captured some of the conceptual things that we were grappling with at that time, I think. And still, and still. Yes, and still. Mm -hmm. and, and what I see emerging from that is how it feels like such a two-dimensional form mm. that uh, in the same way, like, they're the, s they're the same person. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, both like blank and blank. Mm -hmm. And... And being able to s then sort of like catalyze that form into what would be three dimensional, four dimensional, mm -hmm. in the in the new ways that we're playing with the materials that are in the studio right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and thank you for saying that, Mayan, because I wanted to pull you into the conversation more. You are, my understanding, relatively new to the project, and so I'm curious how how you came to find it, how you came on board. Um, maybe that's a story for all of you, but I'm curious, man, of what brought you in. Yeah, so Bex and I are both from Singapore. And ding, da, ding, ding. <laughs> and we've, we've, we've known each other for uh, a few years, and so we're friends. And I actually have been sort of like watching uh, their work, and they've pulled me in as a dramaturg before. Um, and I, I love the work. And so, you know, like when they call, I'm like, I'm there. What do you need me to do? I'll, I'll run the sound. Great. I'll do whatever you need, <laughs> whatever you need. Um, because high praise. Yeah, because uh, like you, I'm really taken by the incredible work that they do. And I also love the way that they both generate work, that it comes from a place of sure words, yes, but also design. And, and the way that they're generating work is, is really thrilling to me. It's not a playwright writes a play and then it, it's staged, but it comes from my history of being a divisor. And so I love being able to be in a room and we're playing with like, what can this material do as a beginning in addition to what is my, uh, the hardest memory of, of, of my 
family or what is the most beautiful memory of my family that that is also a place of beginning um so those are the things that i'm like oh i i love um these the space and you know a lot of the themes that they're talking about are deeply inside of what i care about as well in terms of thinking about immigration in terms of thinking about chinese-ness and in terms of thinking about how those relate to each other in different generations uh being an immigrant myself and but having lived in the united states for longer than anywhere else it's a it's a beautiful cocktail of things mm. that that uh, they're talking about that deeply resonate with me and so yeah okay third eye but I, I we were just talking about like what am I doing here I'm like I'm kind of your first audience member like it's the first thing that like I'm just basically watching and 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 being able to sort of reflect like oh you know this this feels like this um, and I kind of love being in the space of incredible artists who come from such different spaces um, to make something that is the culmination of like everything we've lived and everything we've done and all of our skill sets in one room together. It's pretty thrilling. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. And are the, <coughs> excuse me, you mentioned family histories, that that's a, a place where some of the work is generated. And so is does that come up in the works, so your your own family histories, or do you use it as a jumping off point? Yeah, I mean, um, a part of when we're like untangling, same, same, different, same, different, um, a, a lot of that comes from like us going back into recordings that we have of our parents talking to us or um, recordings of our conversations together. And actually, one of my favorite things about working with uh, you in this piece is that Oh, me? Oh, you. (laughs) Bex is is looking at Sophia. Yeah, (laughs) is that there's like, um, it it just moves with our relationship. And um, the the center of it to me is really about our friendship. And when we are in the studio together, we're not like, we don't move into like collaborator zone. We're still in this zone of like, remember when we were talking over like that, that sandwich last week and you said this thing and like pull out a phone and just like start recording what we're doing. Um, and and because of that, like the ways that we're currently interacting with our families kind of like come into the story. The ways that w- that we relate to each other currently as friends enter into the story. And and it never the piece always feels alive in that way. Right. In the way that our friendship and our relationship feels alive, they kind of blend. They blend into one another, which is an interesting thing that um I feel really grateful for, for this collaboration because I feel like in my own family archiving and um, dealing with loss and dealing with um, legacy, um, history, um, I'm like, what, I- what does it mean to, to exist now and to have such a deep history of, um, that, that I don't even know about, right? And so mm. I'm currently, and have been for some years now, but... Um, still trying to unearth, like, r- still digging, trying to understand where I come from, um, while also being asked where I come from all the time in this country. Um, and so that I get to share that with Bex and that we kind of get to bounce off of one another and do that digging together and, and see where they kind of resonate or where their similarities and see where, see where they're, they're vastly different is just like enriches my own life and my own understanding of 
all of this, this world, mm. this <laughs> Like, I remember when, so Sophia came home with me to Singapore, like, last year. Wow. And met my family. And I remember it was like people had gone to bed. We were at the dining room table. It was the first time that we really got to debrief, like, the first couple of days. And I was really nervous because my family is, like, a wonderful and also, like, a lot. And so we were sitting there, and I was like, like, what do you think? Like, how are you feeling? Whatever. And I remember you were like, I'm just realizing that your mom is me. And I was like, what? What does that mean? And Sophia explained that I, I have access. I grew up in the place that my mother grew up and understand that place, right? And now I live somewhere else, but I still understand Singapore, where my mom went to high school, where my mom started, um, where my mom's dad like had a coffee shop, whatever. But Sophia... I've not experienced, well, yeah. So your mom, the history of your mom though is, is what? Is that she never lived in China, where her mom was from. Right. And so when I'm like, oh, mom, like, do you know where Amma's um, ap apartment was? Like, where does she live? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, OK, can you like tell me about like what she told you about when she's like, I don't know. Like, I've never I've ever I've ever been to her village. And that's a, and that's what it's like for me in that I did not grow up in. Hong I was not born in Hong Kong. I was not born in China. I did not grow up there. Well, I visited many, many times. Um, and still have family there, and we have family friends. I don't have the kind of, I don't know what it is, like embodied knowledge. It's it's this thing that's really hard to pinpoint um, that I'm not even sure, like, I can't tell if it does something right. to grow, like be born and raised in the place that your family, your parents were. Um, and so when I'm asked, Oh, where so where what what was it like like when your mom was growing up? What was that? No, I don't know those things really, mm -hmm. nor could I even fully imagine them. And if I do, they exist in perhaps photographs, and they're these sort of like glimmers of 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 like a visual world that I I don't I can't fully grasp. Right, and I had never thought about that because I had spent a lot of my young life being like I'm so different from my mom, like. I'm not like my family or whatever. And then when you were like, but, but you can, you can describe the the sidewalk corner where your mom went to school. And I was like, I can. I've walked by that so many times. And you're right. I don't know what that does. But that's kind of an example of how I'm like, whoa. Just talking to you and and working through this stuff in creative ways has opened my, I guess, my inner self to, um to what my relationship with my family is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Thank you for that. It is one thing I have always loved about your work is that it is so personal, it's so individual, and yet it's about humanity. It's about something that's inside all of us. You manage to explore your individuality and your personal histories in a way that is not solipsistic at all and really does embrace a very human need from all of us and and I feel that any human can connect with your work even as you're exploring your own personal histories and that is quite rare for an artist to be so deeply exploring their own personal and to be able to actually open that up 
and allow and invite others in to also connect with it. Mm. Mm. Actually, is a rare thing, mm. and I've I've always been very taken in by that and very um, just very at home when I see your work, mm. and I'm really excited to share it with everyone. Um, I hope everyone listening will come. Um, as we wrap up, is there are there any final things that anyone wants to say, Mayan? third eye <laughs> 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 um i'd say yeah i think we're really excited to share it with people too in march 14 15 and um there are certain things that we're trying um brand, and new, stuff brand new things that are that are happening um I, not just only in material but in the way that we involve audience um mm-hmm. and and i th- think you've got to be there for that yeah. And it makes me think about like when we talk about why we do this work, like what's the purpose of our work in the world? Um, coming back to the idea of making mirrors for people. Um, I remember like it was a real long time before I, I found like artwork, um, media that reflected who I was. And I would and without that mirror, you know, you don't know you exist. You can't see yourself. You don't know what you look like. And so the hope is that we're making mirrors for people that they can see, um, especially our community members who can see themselves and be like, wow, I am like as full, as full as that. I am as dark as that. I am as like wonderful as that. Mm. And that's like, that's our hope for March 14, 15 and, and for onward. Yeah. And we're so grateful to Brick and this Brick Lab yeah, yeah, residency because yeah, yeah. this is such a, it's, wow, it's such a luxury. Um, to just be in this space and just have all that time to to play, to experiment, to look at older things and rework. I mean, so yeah. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you, Brick. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Brick. And you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I like Brick too. Uh, and thank you all for being here, for sharing your work, for s- sharing yourselves and your creativity. Um, it is a gift to me. It's a gift to Brick. Uh, um, you know, we're we're also grateful to you for coming in and sharing yourselves with us. So uh, next week, March 14th and 15th, 7 o'clock, only $8. Um, BrickArtsMedia.org is where to find it. Um, I am your host, BJ Evans. This has been another episode of Backstage at Brick. We've been in the podcast studio at Brick talking to the team from Double Yoke Moon. That's Sophia Mack, Bex Kwan, and Maya Anteo. And we will catch you in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.